If you want to make your favorite technicals, give me Gizmo Gang a call. Gizmo Sapiens. Hey, and welcome to Gizmo Sapiens Show 217. And this show is going to be strange. So, if you can't figure it out, since a lot of Gizmo Sapiens shows talk about Star Trek, we're going to talk about the first episode of Star Trek Strange New World. With me today is Matt, and I'm Chris. Hello. And uh, I'll let you kick it off. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was the best Star Trek uh, opener since probably... At least since Enterprise, if not since TOS. <laughs> wow. I, I'm that strongly... I, I really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed um, <clears throat> the um, the interaction of the characters. I didn't care. The, I, I, I even enjoyed the fact that... That, um, you know, they were kind of starbucking... A little bit, some of the you know classic Trek characters like Mr. Kyle was Asian. I didn't care. Um, the guy who played Admiral April, you know, the previous captain, was black. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference to the character really, other than it retcons um, an animated an animated series, series episode episode, but or two. But that doesn't really matter anyway. I mean, the story is still the story. Doesn't matter what color the character is. Um. <clears throat> but I thought they put it to what together well, and um, I thought the the plot and the resolution were a good story, something I enjoyed. And uh, it, I'll tell you, it's funny. Star Trek doesn't usually get a whole lot of chatter on Twitter, <laughs> but it was all over Twitter because of the story and how they tied. January 6th in and how they said it was a, a fight for freedom and uh, I mean that's a direct quote from from uh, Captain Pike you know but I also really enjoyed just the Pike part of it you know <clears throat> he, he and another captain are, are uh, lovers if I can say that intimates um, and she thinks he belongs in space but you know he was at his ranch in Montana and he was riding his horse, and I love how when the shuttle comes in and Admiral April comes out, and the first thing he says is, "You spooked my horse." I mean, that's exactly what a horse a horse person would say. You know, it wasn't like he would just sit there and go, "Well." <laughs> so you know, it, it was believable, and it was a good story. <clears throat> and I don't know if it was. I mean, they do have quite a few characters, but not on the bridge. Um. You know, we, we haven't really gotten to know Ortega yet. We do a little bit. But, you know, they did uh, do a good job. We, we, you know, we already know Pike and Spock. So there's no not a lot of need to develop those characters. We know of Una. And, um, you know, the fact that she... I think they'll develop her character a little more as we go on. But, you know, they did a good job developing the uh, La'an... Nunian Singh character, you know, the chief of security. And they also added some, you know, some uh, spicy tidbits about Gorn culture. Yes. Uh, none of that really bugs me. No, none of it bugged me. I thought it was, it, 
it filled out the, you know, my, my whole issue with J.J. Trek and even a lot of Discovery and Picard. Well, see, the problem with Picard is you can't really say it about Picard because there's all of the next gen and Voyager to fall back on. Yeah. You know, there's really not a lot of character development. And we'll get to Picard, the season finale, but I want to talk about Strange New Worlds first. Um, but the storylines and continuity are very, very loose in, like, Discovery and, like, J.J. Trek and things. And they did a good job filling in the details. That's part of what made Star Trek Star Trek was the filling in of the details, not leaving things vague. Technobabble is a must for Star Trek. You know, the even though they're talking about something that we don't understand scientifically, but they talk about it like they know the know all the scientific rules and engineering rules for these things, that's part of the escape and making it believable. You know, and that, that's exactly the anti, an, antithesis of the way Star Wars does it, which is we're just going to talk about it, but we're going to leave it like it's mystical. You know, they've never explained how blasters work. They never explain, I mean, how do you make a laser sword when lasers work in a straight line and it only goes to a certain length, you know? <laughs> and, you know, there's all these mystical things like well, they use kyber crystals and Tybana gas and, and? <laughs> I want to know how it works. That's, that's what part, that's part of what makes it believable is if there is a complete story. It's part of the reason why the iRobot series uh, of book, well, every book because every Asimov story is about iRobot and it, it, you find out in the end, but oops, spoilers <laughs> but, you know, the iRobot books were really, because they were vignettes, it was a whole bunch of short stories about iRobot or about uh, robots and, and the three laws of robotics but they, they there was a lot of technical, techno babble in those stories about positronic brains and how they worked and how the the psychology uh, the well the positronic brain psychologists understood the engineering behind the brain and how uh, the positronic brain how it worked well that's the same thing that star star trek has always had at least it started in tos you know and uh and they kept it pretty much all the way through the end of enterprise but then you know as the newer series came along we we, we moved away from that and the problem is is we moved away from it and didn't get better stories. Well, and that's the only reason why I'm 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 less bugged by the uh, Starbucking of April and all of that. Exactly. It didn't detract from the story. Correct. It was a good story. It had the detail to make you suspend disbelief. I, I can I can forgive the the Starbucking if it's a good story, you know, but if it's not a good story, a la diversity, uh -huh. then those things become that much That's more irritating because yep. the, at least you could get that right. Absolutely. One of my favorite scenes was when they brought the two aliens on board and the, <laughs> they woke up and they were able to resedate the one. And the one runs and gets on the turbo lift with Uhura, and she's chatting with him about their version of, like, soccer. Yeah. And he's really into it. it that whole scene was phenomenal. It was so well done. And what I can't believe is if that's the – or if that 
that's a quality a story that Akiva Goldsmith can write because he's the one who wrote that story. Why haven't the other series been better? I, I think part of that is when you are launching a brand new series and you are the, the man, you are writing a premiere. Yeah. When you're doing a series, your, uh, your responsibilities as the man get diminished and put off to a writer's room. And I think when you, when you do that, you lose a certain amount of control over the quality. And I think that's what's really hurt diversity in particular, but to a somewhat similar degree, Picard as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, you know, the, the issue I see is, is I wonder if that long format storytelling that you have that that has occurred with the beginning of of uh, it really started in Enterprise, you know, where you know we have this story arc that goes a season, two seasons, season and a half, whatever. Along, you can almost go back to Deep Space Nine with that. Yeah, you could with the the Dominion War and all of that. Um, but if that's that level of storytelling overall detracts from the entire story because what happens is from episode to episode you are now locked into a sequence of events that you can't avoid whereas the idea of you know of TOS and and even at least most of next gen all the way through the seventh season you know you had a couple two-parters in in starting in season three you know you had had at least one two-parter per season but for the most part that episodic um, format was really good because it moved you a lot farther along in the story but the stories even the stories that were dramatic like uh, Inner Light you know where Picard is is mentally in the world and and uh, you know lives an entire lifetime in that episode I mean it's not like there was a lot of action in that episode but it, the, the story moved through you know you were the pace was good. And the other thing that's changed too, you know, that was an hour show with commercials, you know, which is what, 40 minutes max. And today the, you know, the shows are actually an hour long. Sometimes they're 55 minutes, sometimes they're an hour and 15 minutes. Um, but like in, in diversity, and even some of the episodes of Picard season two, well, season one and season two, you're just sitting here going, when will this end? <laughs> you know, what well, is the, the, the pro- Speaking of endings, my problem with Picard season two has been it plods along, plods along, and then you're like finally getting into it, and the episode's over, and then you're like, "Yeah, what the frack?" Well, so before we move off, move on to Picard season two, because I have quite a bit to say about that too. Um, so far, based on the pilot. Would you give Strange New Worlds a thumbs up? I would. I, I wholeheartedly give it a thumbs up. Um, we give it five phasers. <laughs> <laughs> Fully charged. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I. this has been the show that I've been waiting for since 
second season of Discovery. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, there's there's been no other show that has piqued my interest quite like this one. Well, just like we said about Discovery, you know, Discovery, there's not a lot there for... I, you don't really... I, I think everybody struggles identifying with the characters in Discovery, not just because there's not a, a, an identifiable character that we can... You know, like, men, men might as well be nothing in Discovery. They're, all, all the male characters either have some major fatal flaw or they're, they're just as much of an Ahura from TOS. They just, you know, they're eye candy in the background of the, of the bridge. Um, Most of those characters are lucky to even have a name. Oh, I know. Not that I could remember or one. Them. Oh, I know. I, I I can remember like four or five characters' names on on Discovery, but let's let's. I don't want to go down that path. But let's go to well. And a good a good example I do want to say of this is, I have, the you know, <laughs> Pike, Spock, Ahura. Mbenga, Ortega, Laon, Sam Kirk, which your your meme earlier today on Facebook was wonderful about that Sam Kirk being, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name from Galaxy Quest? <laughs> Guy. Guy, that's right. Guy from Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty entertaining. Uh, no, it's interesting since you know that we had the leak of of that. Jim Kirk is supposed to be a captain in second season. Now I'm curious as how they're going to do that. Are they going to, because, you know, they established that Pike has 10 years from yeah. the pilot. So are we going to like jump ahead a few years after season one, you know, <clears throat> but I don't think that would really make sense. Cause if you wanted to have five, six, seven seasons of strange new worlds, then you would want to keep, you know, that you wouldn't want to jump a couple years or you'd want to be very careful because you do have bookends, just like, you know, uh, the Han Solo story in Rogue One. Rogue One is a good example. Rogue One in Star Wars has bookends. It has, you know, the end of A New Hope in the beginning <laughs> or, or the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, Sith and then the beginning of New Hope, you know, so... <clears throat> you know, yeah. do you want to run it up to where you know, like the finale is is where Pike saves all the cadets in the in the ship? Because and it, I mean, and he doesn't even know that story yet, so that may not totally be the story at the end. Uh, and this is where I I hope that you're right about the the respect being given to the history because the the Jim Kirk thing has me bugged. Yeah. Well, it, it, and we may be totally off. We may. You know, which is it, why it, I, I give them the benefit of the doubt epi until, it's we, episodic. until we get there. You know, it could be Talon gets transported into... It would be... You know, they've done so many where the crew has gone back in time and they try not to do the butterfly effect and all this other stuff. Why don't you have one where they go forward in time that isn't Discovery? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where and they come back. You know, even Voyager has a great episode where they go to this planet and they had 
we're trying to harness some type of energy that was unstable and some t terrorists or rebels or whatever end up setting the energy source off and it causes a rip in time and Paris and Janeway get sucked back one day in time before it happens and then Tuvok and them end up uh, pulling them back through a, you know, a subspace time fissure. Um, Voyager is my son's favorite, so we end up watching Voyager episodes over and over and over again. Um, but that, that being said, you know, again, that's still a go back in time, even though it was a day. Yeah, no, I, I, and again, I, like I said, I, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt until they, until they air the episode in the second season. Yeah, I mean, we've got, well, you know, when you're get aware. Um, yeah. You know, who knows what. And I don't expect every episode to be a winner. No, I don't either, but I, I, um, I'm, I have high hopes based upon this pilot. And it's kind of funny. So, Captain Battelle, uh, who is Pike's paramour in uh, in the pilot, uh, that is uh, what's her name, Michelle Scrafini. She was Winona Earp on the sci-fi series Winona Earp. Okay. And it's funny seeing her in that because you know in Winona Earp she wore tight-fitting leather pants and midriff tops and all this, and then you see her in a Starfleet uniform. <laughs> She kind of had a uh, Admiral Cromwell look to her. She did. She does. Which I thought, why did they recast her for that? And then, I, oh, it's not really her. Yeah. It's well, I had to watch that beginning sequence a couple times to catch her name correctly, yeah. and then I turned the captions on like I should have in the first place, <laughs> because he he says it, but you can't tell if he says Batel, B A T E L. Or Vatel, and I was trying to figure out what it was, and what I and even after I watched on the captions, I actually went to looked it up on IMDb's to see because I wanted to make sure that's who I thought it was, and uh, and then it it had the name spelled out, so P A T E L. No, B B is in Bravo. Okay. B A T E L, like Patel Labs in Columbus, Ohio. I heard. Patel. Nope. Which I was like, she's not Indian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> More Starbucking going on. But But I, I thought it was interesting, you know. Um, <clears throat> so let's move on to Picard's season two finale. So I called it right. Chris Rios doesn't come back. He stays in the 21st century and lives an exciting and swashbuckling life uh, trying to set up emergency clinics and provide aid to people. And he's killed in a fight in Turkey um, over negotiating for medical supplies, which I think is completely ironic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they wrapped, it was, kind of, it was very reminiscent of Discovery Season 1 where they wrapped everything up and tied it in a little pink bow. Yes. You know, you had Guinan at the end telling them in the back in the future what happened to all these people who stayed in the past. You know, and so Rios isn't coming back for season three. Um, Elnor was back, 
but he's not coming back for season three. <laughs> Which I'm okay with. Yeah, Space Legolas can stay somewhere else. I, I think it would have been more satisfying had they left him dead. Yes, I would have too. Because then there would have been a real impact to, to Michelle from Hurst's one yeah, of these Farafi, characters. Yeah, Farafi's character. And then... Um, Gerardi. Gerardi won't be back because, of course, she's the new board queen. But that doesn't mean I count her out completely because Allison Pill is, I mean, before Picard, she was a well-known actress, both in TV and, and in movies and on the stage. Um, I have a feeling that she'll be back. Uh, not in three. Not in season three. But in some other future, oh, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it'll be a recurring. It, it'll be more like a Q role where she might recur across multiple. Because, you know, you got to remember, she has an extra 400 years as the Borg Queen to shape the Borg, which hence the, the finale where they and, and, you know, and her and the new Borg, the newer, nicer, better Borg. Kinder, gentler Borg. Um, you know, are guarding whatever this energy conduit wormhole thing that that uh, she saved Starfleet from. <laughs> okay. And, uh, which is interesting. I, I, the funny thing is, is on the Stargazer Bridge, because, you know, you, they start the first season of season two, and Rios is the captain of the new Stargazer. And Picard is just the admiral in charge of the fleet, happened to be on that, that's the flagship. And so... They field promote seven, who, who is not no, no Starfleet experience, experience whatsoever as the captain of the Stargazer. What I'm sure Rios had an an XO. Yes, he would have had one. Yeah. Well, Picard. Yeah. Again, it's a continuity issue thing. Something I would notice because it breaks that suspension of disbelief. Now, if they had explained why Rios in some way had come back, or none of the crew remembered who he was, that would make sense to me. It would have made more sense to make Rafi, who is a commander, field promote her to captain and let her do it than it did 709. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I... Bugs me. It does. Well, and then the other thing, well, and then we don't know if, a, uh, what's her name? Ava Brionis? Isa. Isa Brionis. That's right, Isabel. Uh, is coming back in season three. She's the one that I've not heard much they, about. They haven't said much. And her, I mean, her role in season two is really sparse. And the fact that uh, they ended her... Uh, Season two character with Wesley, Wesley Crusher, Crusher, the Traveler. Um, Hi, I'm Wesley Crusher from the future. Good God. I'm a traveler. <laughs> I mean, seriously, could you enunciate a little, over enunciate just a little more? Yes. Wesley. I literally screamed, shut up, Wesley, into the, into the screen. Just because. <laughs> Um, but that was actually a surprise. It was. Um, it really was. Well, it was as much of a surprise as Sam Kirk 
Well, the, I kind of knew well, that was coming. Well, we, we knew a Kirk was coming, but we didn't know which Kirk, Kirk it was. I mean... Yeah. That secret wasn't as big a secret as... Yeah. No, as Wesley Crusher coming back. No one knew about Wesley coming. No. Which was, well, which was amazing that with as big a mouth as he has that he was able to keep that secret yeah. for one. Well, and I, and then, but I'm not surprised because of all the stories when, when they announced that the TNG cast was coming back for season three. Oh, where's Wesley? Oh, where's Wesley? Yeah. You know, he's eating that up. Oh, I know. And I know. well, and, and again, you know, Will Wheaton has been part of this the whole time doing the ready room shows after the, every episode of every series you know, it was bound. They were bound to bring him back. I was actually hoping that Will Wheaton would have been cast as a younger Riker on the Titan. Yes, I think that would be amazing because I would love to see Will Wheaton put the the, the Wesley Crusher character. They to could bed. bring the the chick from season one of Picard and, and NCIS New Orleans back to be uh, Deanna Troy, a younger Deanna Troy. Okay, because everybody thought that's. For yeah. a minute, they they actually thought it was, and I'm like, no, I've seen pictures. <laughs> I mean, we all age. <laughs> but you know, I I I would have rather seen that. But that does invite Wesley also to be a new Q character, since technically Q is dead, or died, or whatever. You know, so he can he can be a reoccurring character in Strange New Worlds and in. Section 31, which they keep saying, Kurtzman keeps saying is happening, and, and Disco, and and uh, and then obviously Picard Season 3. And I, you know, the sad part is, you know, after seven years when TNG ended, that last episode, well, it was not a great episode, all good things. Was, was it was terrible. decent. It was decent, but it was not a great, you know, like a giant finale. But man... Once that episode aired, it was like, man, you know, it was like a real loss. You know what I mean? When Picard season three ends, I don't know that I'm going to feel that it's a loss that that's the end of Picard. Well, I think the the key to that is there's still more Trek. Yes, it is. That's part of it. But the other part of it is, is that like we've already said goodbye to these characters. Yeah. You know, and now we're just you know. Well, we've said bye to these characters multiple we're doing, times now. We're, we're doing a reunion show, yeah. and I'm okay with that. It, those those things, you reach the end and you're done. I mean, yeah. it's. But is this is Picard season three more like a Survivor reunion show, or, <laughs> <laughs> or a Star Trek series? <laughs> You know, we're going to have an episode where Q's up there or Wesley as, as the traveler going, hey, do you remember this? <laughs> and it's just a big, the whole season's a flashback to TNG. <laughs> as, a, as a season of elevator episodes uh, or, well, or turbo lift episodes, as, as we yeah. call them in Trek, yeah. uh, I, I, would, uh, I would find that more appealing than another season of diversity. True. That is true. So one of the things, because I said it before, you said it a few minutes ago about Picard season two, is that there were all these episodes where there there seemed to be a lot of 
filler. It wasn't like you know, we're moving the story forward or it was it was just exposition for exposition's sake. And I, I've, I've thought, you know, now that the whole season is done, I'm wondering if we could probably uh, re-edit all of season two of Picard and make a viable story in a, like a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that difficult. I don't think it would either. I don't think it would be either. I mean, because the one thing that Star Trek fans and, and these folks at Paramount have to be aware of, you know, the the Alex Kurtzman, Akiva Goldsman team. Um, also on a side note, in Strange New Worlds in the intro, did you notice how many executive producers there were? But that's just like There's discovery. like 15 of them. Of like, really? That first and there season. And there were only three that were really worthwhile. Kurtzman... Roddenberry and Goldsman. Everybody else, I'm like, who in the heck is this? It's kind of like when you look at liner notes for songs, and um, and there's like, you know, an, an artist puts out an album, a singer songwriter puts out an album, and you look at the liner notes for for all the songs, and there's like 16 names as songwriter, and so you know the one who the one person who goes, hey, I think you should change that A to an O you know, in, in your vocals and they change it and then they get, they get credit for writing the song. I'm like, really? <laughs> I think that's what the executive producers are doing. Or it's like, a, a, oh, what was that show uh, where they have the, the three music producers and they listen to four uh, songwriters perform their song and then they winnow them down to three and they each get assigned to a music producer but, and then they some artist comes in, like the Jonas Brothers came in on Did One and picked an artist and, you know, they recorded the song. But when you looked at the liner notes, every one of those producers was listed as co-authoring that song. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can see the guy who helped them, but the others, no way. So let's talk a little bit about... Um, other things besides Star Trek at this point. Okay. Because we've kind of beat Strange New Worlds and we're not happy with Disco at all. Um, and there's nothing new to really talk about in the, you know, in Lower Decks and, and uh, Prodigy at this point. So, how about, let's talk about Halo. We haven't spent a lot of time on Halo. Which is also another Paramount property. I've enjoyed it, but I gotta tell you... <clears throat> My enjoyment of it is in my utter lack of knowledge of it. Well, I don't think you need to have any knowledge of it. I mean, it, it but it, it seems to be following the game story. I think people were, but the, the game story for Halo, the original Halo, was relatively thin. It was, there was this massive spaceship that was a ring, and it was kind of like part of a Dyson Sphere, and you were battling the Covenant, the alien force, against it and that was the whole story you know and you know they had a, a few little things like you know Cortana was a a hologram that that talked to Master Chief but they didn't really give a whole lot of background about Master Chief a lot of this stuff was added later to get people to buy Halo 2 and Halo 3 and Halo Infinite and Halo whatever um, 
but it, it still, I don't think there was enough information because they tried to make some Halo movies around it, you know, with the UNSC and and all of that. And I don't think there was enough to actually put a story together. So I think they've taken what they could from the Halo universe and then they built a world around it. You know, a plausible world. One where there's a suspension of disbelief when you watch it. And I've really enjoyed the series. Uh, even this last episode, which had nothing to do, Master Chief was, he, he had like a five second cameo in the show. <laughs> This is uh, this is the uh, the Mandalorian episode of uh, the oh, Book of Boba, Boba Fett. You mean the Mandalorian seven episodes of the Book of Boba Fett? <laughs> uh, now here's my bit of it. Mm-hmm. I've watched it, but it's not like it's one of those shows that I'm like not playing Star Trek Fleet Command while I'm watching it. Yeah. Um, which to me gives it an expanse vibe, which, as we've talked about before, was one of those shows that I just had to binge watch at the end in order to, you know, fully immerse myself in it. Mm -hmm. I just, I kind of feel like the pace of this show is not, um... Well, it's definitely, so it... I don't want to say it's a slow-paced show, but from episode to episode, you get a wild variety of either super intense action or super intense drama. Yeah. There's not, it, it's not like it's a happy medium from episode to episode. Correct. And while I'm okay with that, and I, yeah. I, I can appreciate that, it's one of those things that those heavy drama episodes... Are the ones that I'm like, I, I would much rather push this whole series off till the end. I mean, I'm watching them as I'm watching them, but I, I know this is going to be one of those that when we get to the end of this season, I'm going to want to go back and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I do that with some shows, and I, I will probably not go back and rewatch Picard season two until I re edit it down to a two and a half hour movie. Um, but I've already watched Strange New Worlds three times the pilot <laughs> me too <laughs> and uh, but I would go back and watch all of Halo again you know but unlike you I tend the first time I watch them if I'm really interested in the show I watch the show I don't do anything else well um, in, in that, I did the first episode because I was like I don't even I don't really know enough about this other than hey, it was a video game but, but, you know, Picard, yeah, my iPad comes out in Fleet Command. I'm, yeah. I'm doing things while I'm watching it because it, it, dema- it doesn't demand my concentration and, and attention. Yeah. I can, it's so predictable that my brain just fills in where I miss stuff. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. No, I, I get it. You know? How about the new Obi-Wan show? Uh, I, I'm excited for that. Um, it's a limited run series. Of course. Uh, because they didn't want to commit to paying... A real actor to do something. Yeah, for, for a long term, which is fine. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. You, you, you build the expectations out of that. Talk about bookend. 
Yeah, it's bookended. There's literally not a, a, a whole lot they could really do here. Well, it's kind of interesting, you know. Um, I'm going to talk about the more greater Disney Please do. expanse in <laughs> talking about this. But, you know, what was it? A couple months ago, they when Moon Knight started after like two or three episodes, they put out the thing that their two lowest rated Marvel shows were Hawkeye, which I thought was which is crazy. Was there one of their great, best? Yeah. And Moon Knight. Now I didn't bother to watch Moon Knight because it's he, awful. He well, Moon Knight was a terrible Marvel comic character in the first place. And you know when I and, when I heard that they were going to make it, I was like, one, who is this guy? And two, why should I care? Yeah. And now having seen it, I'm like, who is this guy? And why should I care? Yeah. Uh, none of my questions were answered. And then, you know, you have the whole Book of Boba Fett, which arguably had an episode about Boba Fett. <laughs> and then nine episodes about everybody else, including the Mandalorian. I mean, it forwarded that show pushed forward the Mandalorian storyline farther than it created its own. Yeah. And I'm disappointed in that. Um so I think that series was mistitled. It should have been called Tales of Mos Espa. That's exactly what it should have been called. Because that would have made more sense. And I'm hoping that this Obi-Wan Kenobi show, which I, has it started or is it next week? I don't watch. It's, it starts on the 27th. That 27th, the end of the month, yeah. The uh, I'm hoping it shouldn't be called Tales of the Jedi. You know, where, yeah, Obi-Wan might be in an episode or two, and then uh, he, you know, his name is mentioned by other Jedi as they're going through their stories <laughs> for the other eight episodes, or six episodes, or whatever, because Marvel, is, or um, not Marvel, but Disney is not good at, at doing a predictable eight to ten episode season. They'll Oh, this show will do five, and this one will just make it one big two-hour show, and then this one will be forty-two episodes. Uh, you know, with only fifteen minutes of real content per episode. <laughs> you know, and but like the new Doctor Strange movie, where they tried to introduce a whole bunch of these, like America Chavez, and and you know, uh, you know these other obscure Marvel comic book characters. Have you seen it yet? I have not. Ezra and I are going to go see it on Friday. So I'll be able to talk more about that movie when we get there. But uh, I'm a little concerned about this movie anyway because they're billing it as a Marvel horror movie, which sounds about as appealing to me as Moon Knight. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you know, but... That's a lot of the criticism that Marvel is getting. You know, when when you, they were doing the original uh, Avengers movies and stuff, and then the individual movies, you know, because it really started with Iron Man. Yes. And then it went Iron Man, then Captain America, and then the Avengers, and then you know, and the Hulk was thrown in there too, and uh, but those were all characters everybody was familiar with. They were part of pop pop culture uh it's, it's just like superman is part of pop culture 
Um, but these other characters just aren't that important. Other, if they had been that important, their comic books would have been better. <laughs> but you know what's happened is Marvel's trying to, they're trying to milk their purchase of Marvel. Well, the other Di- I mean, that? Disney is trying to milk their purchase of Marvel, just like they're trying to milk their purchase of, of uh, LucasArts and, yeah. and LucasFilms. And they're, it's all about the money as opposed to creating right. memorable storytelling. And there is an element of wokeism here. Oh, absolutely. Because there's no other reason to do Moon Knight except to say we now have a Egyptian superhero. You know, there's there's no other reason to do it than that because, quite frankly, it was awful. Yeah. Well, I haven't even watched it. I have no desire to watch it because I just don't care. I, I really have no... I'm so tired of the superhero thing. I, I was... I wasn't even sad when the CW canceled Legends of Tomorrow because although Legends of Tomorrow was in camp, was campy, it had gotten to the point where it was so campy it wasn't funny anymore. You know, it, it was this forced campiness. It wasn't like the original Batman and Robin, which was campy because, you know, they did some funny things with like when they would have fights, you know, and they go to the comic book thing and it would say kapow and they'd have the, you know, the 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 funny music in between scenes yeah. and stuff, you know, during transitions. Um they were doing all of that and and every weird stupid thing, you know. And it was it was just getting out of hand. It wasn't enjoyable to watch anymore because there was no suspension of disbelief because it was all over the place. There wasn't, you know, the storylines weren't weren't coherent. And uh, so I wasn't unhappy when they canceled that. And I wasn't unhappy when they canceled the Arrow at the end of, of the run because it got stupid. You know, the storylines got stupid. Um, and so I'm not... I consider, although I like Benedict Cumberbatch or Cumberbatch or whatever his freaking name is, as an actor, um, Doctor Strange was not... He was more well known than the Moon Knight and some of these people, but he was not. It was not a a uh, main Marvel player in the first place. He's at least one that I had heard of yeah. before I got into it. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, the Doctor Strange in the comic books was a Vincent Price type character. Yes. And that's not what he is here. He's now like a kung fu, you know, mage. He's, he's like. Neo, yeah, but he, he's sort of. to to me, to me. It's like remember in the eighties when Dungeons and Dragons they they were trying to expand the to get people who were not like medieval role players to play the game. So they had like the Spelljammer book, so you could go to outer space and the, all this stuff. I I consider Doctor Strange that <laughs> it's it's one of these outrageous additions to a game to try to draw in more players, but. <laughs> wasn't wholly successful in any way. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. He's a kung fu mage, you know? <laughs> He's like Splinter from TMNT as a person. <laughs> but not as cool. But you see what I'm saying? I just... You know, if it comes on for free on Disney+, Plus. And there's absolutely nothing else to watch. 
new, I might watch it. But I'm not going to spend money to go to the movie theater to see it. Yeah, no. It, and if I, it weren't for the fact that Ezra is taking me, yeah. I wouldn't go. Yeah, I, I just... I just don't see a... Uh, you know, I just don't have a desire to do it. Well, I think we'll wrap the show up there on downside. Something so good at the beginning. Wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we took it down to Marvel and, and Disney and Star Wars. So we want to hear from you. Send us some feedback to gizmosapiens at gmail.com. Uh, and we'll see you on the digital flip side. to Gizmo Sapiens, a technology and entertainment podcast. You can reach us at our email address at gizmosapiens at gmail.com. That's G-I-Z-M-O-S-A-P-I-E-N-S at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you, and we'll see you next week from the digital flip side. <laughs> <laughs>